In the summer of 2014, Lucasfilm hit the reset button on the published Star Wars canon. As fate, or more likely pre-existing publishing schedules would have it, the first story published in print in the new canon era was Ezra's Gamble, a middle-grade novel by Ryder Windham, and we're going to talk about it today. You're listening to Canon in 15 Minutes from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Canon in 15 Minutes from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. I'm Johnny Maynard, your host for today's show, but I'm not alone. With me today is fellow Star Wars book aficionado, Dan McQuarrie. Hi, Dan. Hello. Happy to be here. Excited to talk about Ezra and Bosk. Good to have you here. Dan, you've just recently read this book for the first time. Is that right? I have indeed. I speed read it last week. (laughs) Coming in hot. I like it. We're also joined by Connor, who some of you may know from Instagram as at Connor's Bookshelf. Hi, Connor. Hey, I'm very excited to be here and happy to talk about some Star Wars with you all. I'm really glad to have you here, Connor. Um, not not to pull the curtain back too far, but obviously you're jumping onto this episode at the last minute. Um, when When did you first and last read this one? This one was... I believe over a year ago, but it definitely sticks out in my mind. I do remember the majority of it. Good, good. So we're not overtaxing the gray cells too much. So let me give a bit of context for this one. We're talking about Ezra's Gamble. This one was published in August 2014. So about a month after the Great Canon Reset in July of that year. Very much part of the promotional run-in to Star Wars Rebels, the animated show that would launch in September of 2014. It's written by Ryder Windham, who had been writing junior prose in the Star Wars universe since the mid-1990s. And and the story here takes place shortly before the events of the Rebels premiere episode. For the benefit of folks listening who maybe haven't read the book, I'll just read the publisher's summary and then we'll get into it. 14-year-old Ezra Bridger lives alone on the outer rim planet of Lothal. He fends for himself by picking up odd jobs and hustling unsuspecting stormtroopers. But when Arena Day arrives, an underground tournament where mighty beasts battle to the finish and all the swindlers, gamblers and no-gooders come from all corners of the planet to make a profit, Ezra is whisked into an unlikely partnership with the fearsome bounty hunter Bosk and enmeshed in a high-stakes chase against an endless army of troopers. And these two loners must work together to survive. Dan, how does this story work for you as a tale about Ezra? Is there anything here that particularly works or doesn't work for you? Uh yeah, I actually I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed this one. I'm a, I'm a big Ezra fan. Um Ezra's probably up there for me with some of my all-time favorite Jedi. So I was really excited to get a book just about Ezra. Uh but, but Dan, can I can I ask you how old were you when Rebels dropped? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I'm dating myself here. I uh-huh. was 13. Yeah, 14, you're, 14. Quite, you're quite a bit yeah. younger than I am. So I, was, I was curious. <laughs> okay, it's, it's interesting that Ezra had that big an impact on you. Know, and I, I wonder if partly it is an age thing. I didn't have that immediate a connection to him as someone who was probably in my late 30s when, when <laughs> Rebels landed. Uh, so that, that's interesting. Sorry, sorry. Go, go on. Yeah, so... Um... Yeah, no, I thought it was really interesting just to get a story set before Rebels and to see Ezra before he met 
the ghost crew. Obviously, we get that brief little glimpse of him in the premiere episode of of Rebels, but seeing a proper tale of how Ezra survived on a day-to-day basis on his own without his parents on the Thole and seeing how, you know, the crackdown of the Empire really affected him, um, I found it really fun. And, you know, in true junior novel sense, it didn't take a lot of... um, you know, too many words and too much complication to tell a pretty successful story for me. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Connor, what about you? Uh, is this working for you as an Ezra tale? I think this this story as a whole really tells us a lot more of the kind of street rat side of Ezra that we don't really get to see as much in the show. Mm-hmm. Um like in the first episode, you know, it's a very quick turnaround from Lothal Orphan to member of the Ghost Crew. But this just gives yeah. us a lot more context on his end of what exactly his life was like, um, how he lived. And throughout the course of the story, it kind of builds towards his change of heart in Star Wars Rebels. And it adds more mm-hmm. context than the show did. Yeah, I guess there's a theme here about actually learning to work with someone else, isn't there? Right. You know, know, and and, he still has that arc, I guess, to go through in the pilot episode of the premiere episode of Rebels. But I guess this is a sort of an earlier stage of that journey. Right. It's almost like a different jumping off point. What about you, Connor? How old were you when you first saw Rebels? (sighs) Rebels came out. You're younger again, I think. Right. Um, Rebels came out in 2014, is that? Yeah, so I was, yeah. I was, I believe, 13 when it came out, so also wow. on the okay. other side. And did you read this back then, or, or, or is this something that you've come to more recently? I was somewhere between then and now, but it was definitely okay. after I'd already watched the show. Yeah, so, so, so the, 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 this wasn't your first, um, your first story with Ezra either? No. For me, it does work pretty well. I have to say, I, I enjoy. I definitely enjoy seeing Ezra at that phase of his life. Like you say, Connor, you know, we, we get that little glimpse of him doing the street rat thing, and I think they sort of they very consciously channel that Aladdin thing to kind of almost as a visual shorthand, so that they don't, so you know exactly where he's at in his life um, when you see him at start of Rebels. Uh, but we do, we do, we get a lot more of that in this. And in terms of where we start with him here and where this leaves him off, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk maybe later about where exactly it leaves him off, uh, it ties in really nicely for me. Uh, but obviously, Ezra isn't the only main character in, in this book. Um, here we have a very yes. rare appearance of, I know one of your favorites, Dan, Bosk. Yes. Uh-huh. So we've had a lot of Bosk in recent years in comics. Uh, we've seen some Bosk in animation in the Clone Wars, sort of in the last decade and a half or so. Hard to believe that that was a decade and a half or so ago. Um, but not much in prose. So obviously Bosk is this fan-favorite bounty hunter from 1980's The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, like most of the bounty hunters in the movie, he doesn't have a lot to do on screen. Um, how is he working for you here, Dan? Oh, yes. So, I mean, just for a bit of context, when, when Johnny, you first pitched this idea for the show to me and Chris and mentioned Ezra's Gamble was the first one, I was like, oh, it's an Ezra book. I haven't read it. I'm going to Google it. I saw Bosk on the cover and I was like, yes, instantly. I need to buy this. I need to read this. 
Uh, anyone who knows me loves knows that I absolutely love Bosk. I spent the entire time leading up to Book of Boba Fett demanding he was in it. He wasn't. So this was very exciting for me just to get some Bosk action. Can I peel that back a bit? What is it about Bosk? Honestly, I don't even know. There's just something about in Empire Strikes Back, that little snarl that he gives. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's something about him in Clone Wars that I found really appealing. But I think the thing that sort of caught me the most for Bosk was actually, funnily enough, playing as him on um, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Mm. I just had a lot of fun running around as yeah. Bosk and blowing stuff up. And, and the more I did that and the more stuff i read and watched with bosk in it the more i was just like this guy is cool um and i mean funnily enough one of the things i enjoyed most about this book was when i was just reading all of bosk's dialogue in my head i would be saying it in his sort of sinister lizard-like voice uh which just got made the experience of reading it twice as fun yeah yeah i thought it was interesting that uh wyndham didn't go for sort of um there's a slightly more sort of you know uh, onomatopoeic spellings with a lot more sibilance in in the in the prose. Um, I kind of feel like if, if some of the more uh, if some of the authors like uh, Daniel Jose Older, um, you know, ha- had written this, uh, there'd be a lot of that. But so I think initially I found it a bit jarring that it was just written in plain prose and that they weren't trying to convey that sort of sibilant, sort of lizard-like quality to his voice. Um, what about you? Connor, how's Bosk working for you here? So I'm not as much of a Bosk uh, aficionado myself. And to <laughs> me, I haven't really read many of the comics that he's in either. I've maybe read a few issues of the Bounty Hunter series, but not too many. Mm-hmm. So he's more of a mystery for me. Like I really just seen him in The Empire Strikes Back, a few other minor appearances here and there. But I think it's really interesting just to get a closer look at how he does things, how he sort of handles his work um, and how he deals with, you know, having basically a little kid kind of get in his way and mess with that. There's some nice stuff in here about how the Bounty Hunters Guild works uh, and just the general business of being a Bounty Hunter, which I kind of find quite, I I thought it was quite fun, actually. it's a lot of it was new to me. I don't know if some of that is borrowing from or leaning on sort of legends bounty hunter lore, um, but but I certainly enjoyed it, and um, I, I certainly enjoyed watching Bosk get to work. I did find it the first time I read this through. I did find it a little bit odd at one point where I kind of I wondered whether or not Bosk was somehow being presented as a sort of a almost like a comedy sidekick. You know, that, that there's that bit where he dons the pretty bad disguise and he calls himself a master of disguise <laughs> and pretends to be a blind guy with goggles and a tarp over him as a kid. And I, I, I didn't know if we were meant to be laughing at Bosk at that point. And then I felt weird about laughing at Bosk because he's meant to be this sort of badass pointy hunter. How did that work uh, for you? Uh, I, I, I found that so funny. Uh-huh. And I think the way that I justified it in my head was it's, it's, it's a junior novel. So it's presenting yeah. stuff to a, a younger level. And I'm not really one of these people who is going to get really offended. If a character I love is dressed in a slightly different way. I thought it was funny. I like yeah. the idea that any character in the world can have a sense of humor. And the idea of Bosk sort of dressed up essentially as a little old lady was <laughs> really, really funny to me. And sort of started to peel back some of the layers of Bosk of perhaps, you know, 
whilst he is a sort of terrifying predator of a bounty hunter, there is some sort of character behind those sort of lizard eyes. So yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it, it definitely adds a layer for sure. There's <laughs> a layer I wasn't expecting, but um, it gave me pause that first read through, but I really enjoyed it this, this second time around. I mean, Bosk is a professional bounty hunter, you know, I mean, he's got to do what he's got to do. And if that demands dressing as, you know, a little old lady, then so be it. Yeah, absolutely. It's not It's not only that he has a sense of humor, it's that he just gets the job done, right? Dan, you were talking about it being a middle grade novel, and maybe that gives authors a bit more leeway and the audience, even the readership, a bit more leeway to sort of to let things be a bit different, a bit more tongue in cheek, have a bit more fun with things. Um, have you read many of the middle grade or junior novels? Um, and, and sort of as a whole, how was this one for you? How does it stack up against some of the other stuff you've read in that format or or for that age range? Um, I mean, so far in terms of sort of the younger novels that I've read for Star Wars, it's only really been the High Republic ones. Um, I've read all five of the High Republic mm-hmm. ones. But I think this is the first non-High Republic one that I've read. Um, and I definitely feel that it, maybe skewed a little younger mm-hmm. than the High Republic ones, or, or not even skewed younger, but just dealt with slightly easier themes. Um, but that didn't really subtract from my enjoyment at all. Like, just a buddy comedy, essentially, yeah. with Ezra and Bosk wouldn't necessarily work in a sort of adult novel tone. Yeah. And I think to be honest, felt very, very fitting to some of those early episodes of Rebels and in, in uh, season one, particularly that episode with Ezra and Zeb getting the Melu runs <laughs> and ending up in the Tie Fighter. Yeah. For me, this this book read a lot like that. Yeah. Um. So tonally, I think it fit perfectly and made sense to be a a, a middle grade book. Yeah, well, and, and that's interesting because I I've got some of my own reservations about the 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 main adult novel tie into Rebels that are the a new dawn and. We'll, um, we'll do another episode about that in due course. But I think part of the problem I have with that is, is that sort of tonal dissonance between that novel and actually what we see of those characters in the show. Um, Connor, what about you? Have you read many more of the middle grader junior novels? I've really just read The High Republic, although I okay. I remember there being another book about Ezra. I think it was called Ezra's Journal or something like that. And it was yeah, Rebel Journal, which is sort of it's almost like an in-universe journal. It's almost like it's actually Ezra's diary, as it were, um, and it sort of it basically retells snippets of. Uh, it touches on this book. It touches on everything that goes on with Ezra in season one of Rebels, but there's no sort of original storytelling in it. Right, and aside from that, I don't think I've read anything else, so I don't yeah. really have a lot of expectations when going into these novels but i feel like it definitely really captured ezra and that's what i went into the book wanting to see so to me it was definitely a success yeah yeah i I agree i agree it it definitely skews younger compared to most of the other middle grade books something that's notable uh, about a lot of the middle grade books is they, they definitely do skew towards the older end end of that age range and they kind of pack an emotional punch actually and there's not as much of that here there's a little moment here that i caught second time around about um bosk's talking about how his father taught him to boost speeders and there's some jibe between them both about fathers and it sort of 
gives it, you know, Ezra goes quiet because obviously he's thinking about his own father who's long gone uh, or in an imperial prison. And there's just a little moment of almost pathos, you know, in the middle of this sort of chase sequence or, you know, they're off trying to get to the next place in the plot. Um, but mostly they kind of stay away from anything heavy or serious in this, which is totally fine. All in all, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, in terms of connections then to other canon stories or, or, or indeed whether or not any of this has its roots in legend stuff that you've read, have any of you, either of you got anything on that? Any particular connections jump out? Well, at the, or at a certain point in the book, there's, there's like a TIE fighter crash and Ezra goes over to that and he has a whole thing with the TIE pilot. And that whole scene was a sort of mini movie or short that released before the first episode of Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, you're talking about the um, the, the short, The Property of Ezra Bridger. Yes. Right. I remember I'd watched that and then somewhere along the line I read this book and I was like, oh, that's so cool. It's like that same sort of crossover. Yeah. So, so this book literally, even, even, I guess even though that little incident doesn't really have anything to do with the main plot, it's a little thing that kind of happens at the very end of this book. Uh, which literally leads right into what, and overlaps with what we see in the animation. But but by and large, I think this maybe isn't that connected to what's going on elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, apart from essentially just being like a little prequel to Rebels, I mean, we sort of get that sort of moment, the mention of the diamond-shaped freighter in the sky, which I think you're supposed to assume is the ghost. So obviously we have that reference. Um so I guess with the exception of that, and as you mentioned, a few sort of like, not not necessarily canon connections, but like new bits of canon information, you know, bit bit more information about Lothal and, you know, this sort of arena and some of the Imperials who you can't really remember any of their names from this. But with the exception of some few little new canon tidbits, yeah, you're right. It's fairly unconnected, but I think that that's fine it, it's part of the appeal of it for me to be honest with you it's just a nice little standalone adventure and it works perfectly fine um so i guess yep. that leads us on to final thoughts where where are we at then dan um honestly i had a i had a great time reading this it took me like a an hour to read or an hour and a half to read um i mean it's got ezra and bosk in it so i was instantly hooked I love Rebels. It's my favorite Star Wars TV show. It felt like a little mini episode of Rebels. So, you know, whilst it's not something truly groundbreaking and emotional like some of the other Star Wars stories, for me, it worked perfectly well. And I will read it again at some point just because it's fun. Yeah, I feel like the book as a whole is just a very fun story in Star Wars. And sometimes I feel like, you know, Star Wars is very serious and all. And don't get me wrong, like those create some really great moments. But sometimes it's nice just to sit back in this galaxy with hundreds of characters, hundreds of planets, and just have some fun. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I'm generally a big fan of all of the middle grade books. Some of them pack bigger punches than others, uh, but some of them are just fun rides, and that's exactly where this one sits for me. Uh, so that pretty much wraps up the first ever canon in 15 minutes. We're a bit over 15 minutes, but let's not worry about that. So. Where can you guys be found online if anyone wants to get a hold of you, Dan? Um, I am at Vader's Castle Library 
on Instagram and I just post Star Wars bookie stuff and book reviews on that. And I will very good book reviews. Oh, thank you very much. And I will also be a somewhat semi regular host on this show, Star Wars Book Community Podcast, as well. So you can find me here yeah. too. Awesome. Connor. I am at Connor's Bookshelf over on Instagram. And I don't, it's not 100% Star Wars, but I'd say it's 80% Star Wars, 20% other. And I post a lot of book reviews, photos of books, what I'm currently reading. You have an enviable ability to squeeze in non-Star Wars material, and I salute you, because (laughs) I really struggle. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, Obviously, you can find me uh, online as at Journals of the Wills. That's Journals with an S and Wills with an Itch on Instagram or Twitter, but mostly on Instagram. Uh, And of course, you can reach out to the uh, podcast team on Instagram. Uh, We are at SWBC Podcast. Um, Canon in 15 minutes will be back probably in two weeks, looking at John Jackson Miller's Kenan and Heratale, A New Dawn. Next week, we hope to be able to drop the first episode of Legends in 15 minutes, which is going to look at Tim LeBon's Dawn of the Jedi, one of my favorites. Uh, Until then, it's goodbye from Dan. Goodbye, may the force be with you. And goodbye from Connor. Goodbye, everyone. Have a fantastic day. And it's goodbye from me. Bye.